Hello, you are listening to the Black Country Ramble. This week is a very special edition. As always, I, a West Bromwich Albion fan, am joined by JB, our resident Wolves fan. But I'm a bit outnumbered this week. We are joined by another Wolves fan, a Wolves fan who, love him or loathe him, you probably know him. Uh, it is Harry, who you better know as HRH. And if that doesn't quite jog your memory, uh, Harry, would you just mind saying your catchphrase if the list is a bit unsure? Alexa, play that tune in so many words. It's <laughs> an explicit bit. I've had to be careful because I remember doing it once on a watch along and they had to bleep it out because <laughs> there was no sweat <laughs> <laughs> as I've reached 20, I'm a far more clean figure on, on the internet. So I just, I just say play that tune now, just to say bother. Yeah. Brilliant. How are you, Harry? Nice to have you on, mate. Yeah, doing all right. Just keeping it down, just doing what everyone else is doing during lockdown, which is absolutely nothing. So. Yeah, <laughs> surviving. JB, yeah. what about What's yourself? It, How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Um, busy day back at work today. Obviously, the, uh, uh, for those that don't know, me and Kieran both work in schools and the kids have gone back today. It's been a little bit wild, um, so I'm absolutely drained. But uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good, mate. It's, it's been an interesting weekend of football. Been really excited to have, have Harry on the pod tonight. Um, yeah, it's looking forward to sort of getting into it, really, and, and, and sort of chatting along. Absolutely. Um, before we do dive straight into it, um, regular listeners will know that we always start with a football trivia question. Um, last week, we had a cracker and JB did very well to get it. Um, it was, which manager has managed Roberto Baggio, Damien Duff and UC Askelainen? Um, Harry, do you know that one? Damien Duff and UC Askelainen. Um, and Roberto uh, Baggio. It would take a bit of, a bit of time yeah, to yeah, think yeah, about yeah. that, in all honesty. Um, it is uh, Roy Hodgson, ex-Albion, of course. Um, oh, brought a few tears to your child face, I'm sure. Um, sure, yeah, it did. Long yeah. Ago. Not just for West Brom as well, for being a terrible <laughs> yeah. manager. It just keeps Yeah, coming, no, that's it? true, yeah. Roy Hodgson One day was the, the bane of a lot of people's lives. JB, it's over to you this week. Do you have a trivia question for Harry and I? I do, mate. I do indeed. So, um, I had a couple in mind, actually, but I'm going to go with this one because I think with a little bit of thinking, you, you might be able to pluck it out the air. So, quite simple yeah. on the face of it. So, which six, which six German players have won Premier League medals. So the six German players <laughs> okay. who've won Premier League medals. Yeah, I've got right. a name all six. We've got a name all six Well, well you, you, but that, that's the question. Listen, we, we, okay. we, we, can, we can have a point to right. point. We'll, name, we'll work together, Harry. We'll, we'll form an unlikely <laughs> alliance. There we um, go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so against the Germans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, um, I mean, they're the bane of our life on an international level. Um, mm-hmm. It's amazing only six of them have won a, a Premier League medal. Yeah. Yeah, um, I've, got, I've got one. Michael Ballack has got a yeah. yeah. Andre yeah. Schurler. Two. See that that was yeah. see that was the one. Yeah, okay. So you, you should fly for the rest now, Michael. Schurler, opinion. definitely, yeah. Um fly through the rest. Oh dear. God. I want to think on the top of my It is head. interesting. Um, I mean, if we can get another one, we'll have the rest of the pod and we'll we'll think of the, the other yeah. three while we go. There's got to be an obvious one that we're missing, isn't there? Well, there's some recent ones, isn't there? So I mean, has yeah, as, yeah. as Rudiger won a Premier League with Chelsea yet? Yeah, he wouldn't have done, would he? No, he no, wouldn't have come after no, that. No. That was Overth- the year after, wasn't it? Yeah. Overthinking it. That's tough. Yeah, we maybe are overthinking yeah, yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah well. um, Trust any me. players? Is it players? Or general? So, yeah. yeah any, oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, yeah. players. players. Yeah, <laughs> right, players. we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. come back to it later once we've yeah, reviewed yeah, cool, the games. Cool. That's going to be yeah. niggling me um, the whole way we talk through this. I well, this week, as I am joined by not one but two Wolves fans, it would only be fair to start with Wolves. Now, 
I am not going to put you through the misery of having to revisit that Man City game in depth. However, no. um, I think there were probably lessons to be taken from it um, vis-a-vis getting at teams. Yes, they're the best team in the country, but it's the same problems we talk about over and over and over for Wolves. Um, and similar story against Villa, really. I, I don't know, JB, do you want to kick us off? Sort of what, if you could look at the two games as a whole, where what went wrong for Wolves, really? Only getting a point from those two games. Listen, just touch on the Man City game. For me, listen, fantastic side. They're beautiful to watch. We all know that they're the, they're the best team in, in, in the country and probably in Europe, to be honest with you. They're, they're, fa- they're fantastic. But for me, the way we set up that first half and the way that we seem to set up, it's almost like we went there with like a League One mentality for me. We know they're good. We know they're going to have more possession. We know they're going to come at us. But it's sitting back just invites it. And we were so negative. And it was so frustrating watching that first half because we just had nothing about us. There was even... There was no intent to even try and get forward. It was like we were we were ultra, ultra defensive. And I do think we're better than that. And it just seemed to be a kind of a common occurrence going forward. I mean, obviously, I'm moving to the Villa game and I'm sure Harry can jump in whenever you want to, mate. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and the Villa first half is very similar. And it showed in that second half, granted, Cody's equaliser was our first touch in their box, which was absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But, from, but from that moment on, as soon as we got a bit of initiative and a bit of, got on the front foot, we had that 20-minute spell where we looked okay. We had some chances, obviously, yeah. because I'm not, I'm not saying we were going to go in and win the game, far from it. But it just showed that actually when you get at teams, you show that sort of um, initiative to drive forward and have a go and have a bit of confidence. Things can happen. And then with the Villa game in that first half, it was like, I don't know, it's like we didn't even get out of bed. This is first, I'm sick of having this conversation, this chat with you, Keith, to be honest with you, mate. Yeah. It's first half mentality. Yeah. Because what happens is we come out in the second half and yes, we're better. But it's like we've said before, We've got no choice to be, be to be better because we've been so poor. Listen, Villa could have listen, listen, Villa could have been out of sight, you know. So the Ollie Watkins shot from 30 yards, great shot, hit the bar. I wouldn't class it as a chance, he's just hit a wonder strike from 30 yeah. yards. But you know, he hit the, he hit the bar, it's okay. Constant yeah. should have scored. You mm-hmm. know, they got him behind us a number of times. We're looking to go in at nil nil, let's be honest with you. Um, second half, Tyler two, two halves, as I as I always seem to say, second half we were dominant. Um and, and like I say, the, the misses speak for themselves. So, oh, sorry, he's missed that one. I think that, that defied the laws of physics. It's almost impossible, isn't it? I said to my mum, you could probably tap that in if you were in the same <laughs> Yeah, it's a clearance, it, it, isn't it? It defies description, doesn't it? I mean, Wolves yeah. the first half, it's a reoccurring issue. I remember I was, when I was at Union term, I came back from a little jog and the Wolves game was just about to start. And I was, I was like, oh, I'll probably just go for a shower. And he was like, oh, don't you want to like, you, you'll, you'll miss part of the first half. And I was like, honest to God, I willingly, I want to miss the first half. Because it's either going to be nil-nil or we're going to be behind. We play no football. We actively don't turn up in those games. So I had a nice long shower. By the time I was there, 25 minutes in, as much as you know, it's nil-nil. And the problem has still been reoccurring over the course of the season. And that's the problem that I imagine we'll get along to it. Wolves fans are having right now with potentially the coaching because these are problems. Even Cody said in his, in his post-match interview, it's not good enough that we are single-handedly just binning off first halves of games. And it makes it all that more difficult because when you look at how we played in short stages against Man City, how Wolves then played in short stages in the second half against Aston Villa, it's quite evident if we play that type of football more often, we're creating chances with it. We're looking quite resurgent when we play it. But we don't, because we only ever limit ourselves to uh, maximum 45 minutes of that football, that means when you have that size chance against Villa, when you had all those other opportunities, that Cody strike, it limits us to scoring a certain amount of goals because we've binned off 45 minutes of football. Football's a 90-minute match for a reason, and we should be using more of that. But listen, it's, it's first halves are a big problem, and I think we've got to sort it out one way or another, to be honest with you. 
Yeah, I mean, it. We yeah. we've spoken. In, it, it, it is it tactics? Is it coincidence or whatever? But it goes on and on and on and on, and it it can't. It, it, there are no excuses for it. It is unforgivable. Um, it was striking for me. Sorry, Kim, to cut you off no, there, mate. It's striking for me. Harry touched on the fact that Cody came out and actually mentioned it in an interview. I've also I haven't read the entire interview yet, but I've seen snippets today that Neto's come out and almost said it's it's not good enough that we were playing this way, particularly in the first half. And now for the players to speak publicly about it, yeah, is that is that them acknowledging that it's a player issue and that they've not been good enough? Or is that then them kind of subconsciously out in? No, no, I'm going. Well, actually, we need to, we need to, not out him. That, that, that that's probably a little no, bit far fetched. I take the point. Yeah, I, I take totally. the point. But do you know, do you know what I mean in terms of for them to publicly come out and, and say, listen, it's not good enough. You know, there's an issue around first half. We've got. To, yeah. That's the first time two of no, our leader and our best player have come out and acknowledge that. Yeah. Um. So whether that that's something that has lich has been was spoken about after the Villa game, and it's something they're going to work on. I don't know, but. It is an issue, and and like I say, yeah. Kieran, you've watched more Wolves this season than you probably ever watched, and, and you and it's, yeah. it's evidential from anybody who watches us. Yeah, I mean, it, the one thing I would say on that, as on the lines of a, a you know, is it a is it cause for concern that the captain said that and Pedro Neto said that? I'd say no because it has gone on long enough now that there's no denying it. You can't shirk that. Uh, in your interviews because it is happening clear as day. Connor Townsend for Albion this week um, said in his interview, we are going to go out and have to beat teams who we're not expected to beat if we want to stay in this league. And footballers do sort of not hide from the limelight because it is a very, very, very stressful, exposed job. But at times they will avoid these topics until it gets to a point where you can no longer avoid it. So I wouldn't wouldn't read too much into them openly speaking about it. But the fact that they are openly speaking about it eventually means that it's gone on too long. Um, and again, yeah. we're having this conversation 100%. every week. It, it's just every yeah. week. <laughs> it's because it's the same. It's like a very <laughs> JB just mentioned, is it a player issue that the players aren't implementing the tactics or is it a manager issue? I have to, unfortunately, place that on the manager because it's not even as if we have underwhelming first halves or slightly dull first halves. If it's a player issue, why don't they just have a shot at the goal? Surely in 45 minutes of football, you, you can shoot at the goal once. It, there has to be tactics yeah. put into place where we have to sit back and absorb pressure because otherwise you play football in the park. I know it's a completely different level and standard, but the whole purpose of football is that you have the ball, you pass it around, you try and move forward and you shoot. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to play all out attack or even an attacking formation or system, but eventually over 90 minutes of football, you will surely be creating opportunities, arguably not against teams like Manchester City, but even then the intent to even go forward. Pedro Neto is a fine example because I've been seeing him the last two, three games trying to drive the team forward he's been potentially the only player in the entire team that's going forward to try and take the opposition on and the others are willingly staying down so i have to say i think it's It's a great point Ari. that 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 there was a clip in the second half when neto we i think villa had a corner and and we cleared the corner neto ran out from our own box and literally got into their half probably 30 30 25 yards out there was there was no wolves player within within 20 30 yards of him it was literally isolated. In seasons gone by, when we had those attacking counter-attacks, we'd have four or five men. The Man United goal, the Jota yeah. goal, the famous FA Cup one. That way, it was, it was a very similar situation. We broke away. Neves, ball over the top. Jota, if you look at the still shot from that Jota goal in United, you've got five Wolves players bombing forward from their corner. Yeah, exactly. Neto broke forward. It was the only player. Um, and yeah, it is, it is really 
yeah, it's just disappointing. You know, we've had some really poor first half. The Crystal Palace first half stands out. The Villa first half. I mean, most first half. That's, I think the only, the only half where actually, I think, first half where we've probably looked all right is, is the Brighton one over Christmas where I think we were 3-1 we were up at half time. <laughs> we bottled that in the second I mean, half, I mean, didn't we? I mean, we bottled that in the second <laughs> half. It's, it's, never, know, it's never that good, is it? But, it hasn't but, been but, that good all season. But, but, but talking about, it hasn't been good since Project Restart, Harry, I've, and I've banged that drum since yeah. on, yes. on this pod. But like, you look at what Man, listen, Man United, obviously, you know, better side than Wolves, I'm not denying that. But you only have to look at what Man United did to Man City yesterday. They're literally from the off, they just got at them, applied some yeah, exactly. pressure, tried to do something. They win a penalty within 45 seconds. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Wolves would have done that, of course, but I'm just saying, look what Fulham did to Liverpool. Fulham exactly. literally were yeah. on the front foot from the off. That's Fulham against Liverpool. We've exactly. got to get out of this negative mentality. And mm-hmm. it is draining watching it. And, and yeah. I understand your frustrations when, 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 you know, Harry, I'm talking about when you, when you vent and you, you sort of, opinionate what, what you so feel because it's difficult isn't it? it just to it watch is, it over and over it, and over again yeah and, and like I said for me you'd almost sometimes like, well, the players are stifled mm-hmm. um, yeah if, if I know. could just jump in there that of course, one, of the, one of the things watching as a neutral or you know not neutral but <laughs> yeah. you know not a Wolves fan is <laughs> um, over the last couple of years and Harry you'll, you'll maybe be a bit jealous of this I, I lived in Torino um, about 18 months ago and I was at uh, the Wolves Torino match in the Torino end. Um, yeah, it was great. It was really, really cool atmosphere. Mm. Um, but Wolves scored a goal. Well, Wolves played very well in that game. But Wolves scored a goal through Jimenez, um, where he carried the ball, um, beat a defender, and he, he was in, he was imperious. It was brilliant. Um, and that sort of sums up how good they were on the counter attack. However, you watch them now, and the commentators will say it all the time about how Wolves are a counter-attacking team. They like to give the initiative to their opponent. One person running with the ball is not a counter-attack. No, it's it not. Never it's not has been. It's never been a counter-attack. It will never be a counter-attack. If that man happens to be Traore or Neto, it's still not a counter-attack because Neto has never has any help. I noticed it most with Neto in, in the Villa game, which means teams can afford to double or triple up on him and, and Neto. So then when you've only got these threats, because William does nothing, Neves doesn't get forward with anywhere near enough speed in these counter-attacks and Moutinho doesn't even try. You, you watch, <laughs> or who I think is a class player, by the way, I'm not slagging Moutinho off, but these players, Traore and Neto, have got no help. There's nobody with them, and it does not constitute a counterattack to run with the ball from from your half. And uh, needless to say, they, they normally lose the ball. It takes a bit of magic from Pedro Neto nine times yeah. out of ten. Obviously, Traore had that shot that went in off the own goal and stuff a couple of weeks ago. But these players, your, your Williams, your Neves, your Itinos, have to do more without Jimenez. Jimenez is so important to-, to the way they spearhead the counterattack. Yeah. They need Jimenez or they need these players to chip in. They have to do more with without Jimenez, obviously, as you say. And also because we are missing like the the, the Pedensesque player. You yeah, know, who's who, a fabulous oh, old oh, player, oh, oh, by the way. A, yeah, and listen, yeah. I've banged the drum about the, the, the need for Wolves to have a ball-carrying midfielder. And this season has literally glorified that point times 100, yeah, you know, absolutely. that we are desperate for. But Pedens, you know, has got that sort of number 10 about him. You know, so when you've so when you're not got when you haven't got Jimenez, who is your main man, when you haven't got Pedens, who is that kind of guy who's going to pick up the ball in the middle of the park and try and drive you forward, other players have got to step up. You can't just leave it to Neto. Trey yeah. fits and bursts occasionally, does something with it, but on the whole, his decision making is really poor. Um, and we just look, 
as I say, listen, when we step it up and we go at teams, we look okay, but we just look a bit of a shadow of the team of, 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 of previous seasons. And it's, yeah, it, it's just really hard to swallow. I mean, essence, to be honest with you, that, that's how I feel. Yeah, and while we're on this, and it is something that we sort of, we do bring up, but you, it sort of t- it seems to change like the weather, um, the Wolves fans' perspective on it, and even at times, JB, your perspective on it. It is this question of Nuno in or Nuno out. And as somebody who is not a Wolves fan, it's as simple as, I can't fathom a world where you would want to get rid of him. He is the best thing to happen to your club since Billy Wright. And I include Steve Bull in that. He never played in the top tier. Like Nuno Espirito Santo has revolutionised your football club. And the fact that this many people want him out, and Harry, I know you're very vocal on this, the fact that Mm -hmm. this many people want him out is astounding. But also, I don't have the emotional attachment to the club. It's not my team I'm watching set up defensively every week. Harry, what would you say to, to myself and the people who are very vocal about the fact that Nuno has been unequivocally good um, in, in terms of success? What would you say to those people who would disagree, maybe, um, when, when you question whether Nuno should be in charge? Yeah, I mean, listen, it's a really intriguing debate. I had a Fulham fan in my DMs who, who I speak to quite often for the last year, and he was like, honestly, I don't quite understand from the, my perspective why so many of you are starting to... And we could go on and on and on and on. Honestly, I've got so many things. I've thought it so far out, and I did a thread once where I detailed everything. And even then, naturally, people are going to disagree because I do feel, contrary to what people think, there are valid reasons to either debate, for me, to suggest yeah. keeping the manager or not. Yeah, it's but nuanced, absolutely. It on a yeah. brief one. I personally think if you document his three years, and I think potentially part of the Nuno, I call it a bit of a paradox or part of the, we're achieving things that we haven't achieved before because we were rubbish for so long. And now we have a club model and a club structure due to the foes and ownership in 2016, which has enabled this. And Nuno obviously has done the job and the criteria in those first three years. But when you break it down, I did an article on it once. The first year, fantastic promotion, fantastic promotion. But if you looked at his squad and the players that we signed that year, alongside the players he inherited of Costa Cavallero, that we had Ruben Neves and Jota in the championship. Are you serious? Willie Bolly at the back. We yeah. had all these types of talented players. If you think about that and you think about the Sheffield United team that's got promoted when Neil Warnock got promoted with that Cardiff City side. Yes, OK, we got 99 points. Fantastic. We played some good football. But any manager worth their salt would get that team promoted. Then you think about when we entered the Premier League in 2018, we kept all of those players. He got to retain his entire squad. We added to that Raul Jimenez, Adama Traore, Rui Patricio, Jao Moutinho, Johnny Otto, Leander Dendonka, a fairly good side. Once again, I'm not dispelling the work that he did over those one to two years, but we did very well finishing seventh in those couple of seasons. But in regard to it, what people talk about is the promotion in the European football. If you break it down, I understand that this is a massive talking point. It's not, and it's not, if you consider it to managers such as, for example, Sam Allardyce, he's got teams promoted and got them into Europe. Tony Pulis, he got sides promoted and got them into Europe. Mark Hughes has got a side, Blackburn Rovers, into Europe. When you dispel it, what we've done was fine under the circumstances and the credentials. And he fully deserved the credit, deserved the job. I was a massive fan. But during those times with a very talented squad and we had the system going, I feel as if what happened was not necessarily the impossible dream or the world's greatest achievement of all time. People can regard, you know, other managers like Klopp and that and other managers saying like Liverpool are struggling under Klopp. In reality, Nuno has never won anything. And when he had good opportunities to, in my opinion, he showed cracks. There were cracks that started to show in those occasions, which have now amplified into massive 
damages, such as the FA Cup semi-final. I felt that that was the first shade of his the sign that his in-match management potentially wasn't as fantastic as we thought when he took off our two best players going into added time and had a KG ending. Then when we played Severe in Europa League, that were Europa League, obviously a lot of people like to use that argument. But when you break down the teams that we played in that competition, uh, on paper, we were level, if not better than the vast majority of them. For instance, Espanyol, we played in the knockout rounds. They were bottom of La Liga. Olympiacos were handy, but doable with the players we had. Uh, we had Sloven, Bratislava, Braga, Crusaders, teams like that. And when we played Sevilla, we had 21% possession and we did nothing for 90 minutes. So it's just things like that. Obviously, in nowadays, this season, everything's speaking for itself. I believe that those cracks that were shown have potentially, not even that Nuno's not a, a bad manager, because he's, he is a good and competent manager, but I just don't necessarily think that he is this godlike figure which people perpetuate him to be, because he's inherited a fantastic job with Mendes pumping top Portuguese talent to him every single year. The football nowadays has got a lot worse. I feel like with you look at his clubs, Rio Ave, Porto, Valencia, there is a time period with Nuno when things get stale. He doesn't have the flexibility or agility to turn things around and potentially keep things evolving and going. And I feel that that spell at Wolverhampton Wanderers with his poor in-game management, even Otisari, where was he in that game the other day? It's all coming to a bit of an end for me, whereas I think we need a new fresh cycle with a manager to keep inheriting. People say if Nuno goes, we'll get relegated. Are you mad? The standard of our squad and the players that we have and the contacts we've got. We've had disappointing transfer windows here and there, but under Nuno, I personally feel that his time's come to an end and that we can have a manager that we can definitely continue to thrive under away from Espirito Santo, in my opinion. JB? Debate. <laughs> I tell you what, that, that's, com- that, that's compelling. It's compelling, that is. Isn't it? Listen, it, it is hard to disagree with, with a lot that Harry says. Listen, Harry, that thread that you did on the Nuno one, yeah. that, that the, the thread, I thought it was a fantastic thread, by the way. Really, really good thread. And I thought there was very few, very few, um, there would have been very few people who could argue back at every point that you made. Mm-hmm. I, as, as Kieran sort of says, you know, I've, I've hovered here and there with Nuno. Yeah. I've, I've, I don't think I've ever been 100% Nuno out. I've yeah. always, I've, there's been times and I still am now saying that there comes a point when, as great as he's been for us, we are allowed to ask questions. We are allowed to actually, is that good enough? You know, just because he's done so much for us doesn't mean that we can't ever question any decisions that he makes or the football that he plays. You know, and what I've noticed recently is more and more Wolves fans are becoming more and more um, vocal around the fact that, you know, maybe in the past they'd have have put it to one side because it was like, oh, well, Nuno's been great. It'll get better, it'll get better, it'll be fine. Whereas now it seems to be consistently quite poor. Yeah. Um, and more and more people are sort of almost becoming wise to it and becoming more frustrated. It's a really difficult one. And, and I fair play for you sort of putting, you know, your eggs in the basket and, and, and sort of putting that out there. I'm not quite ready to, to go that far with Nuno. I, I think there's yeah. massive questions around some of his some of his tactics, the way we set up. It does worry me his past um his past jobs with Valencia and Porto. It's it's very, very similar. You get to that three, four-year patch mm-hmm. where the fans start to turn, the football becomes really negative and dull, and he's yeah. gone, sort of thing. And it, it, there is a pattern with that. Do mm-hmm. I believe that that, that that we could move on from him? Absolutely. Every yeah, that's pass- the thing. You know, that's that, the that, thing. It's a fantastic absolutely. club model. 
Fantastic yeah. club model, which any manager in his position could have come in in 2017 and made a fist of it. I mean, seventh position, Burnley finished there in, I think, 17-18 or 16-17. It's not impossible. Look at West Ham, how many places above they were from last season to this season. Leicester City were at exactly the same stage we were in that uh, first season in the Premier League and they replaced Puel with Rodgers. And now they're competing at the top end. All you, just, all you need is a squad that plays the right type of football consistently with a strong club model behind them. And you can achieve that especially when you've looked at how Arsenal have been faring in the last three to four years and they've never quite Manchester United have been shaky at times and it's things like that that Wolves can easily keep thriving on without yeah, I think there's I think there's almost like an element of a comfort blanket we knew now I think there is a comfort blanket element you know we were as you said we were shit for so long in the abyss we went down to League One kind of hovering in the championship under Steve Morgan that's you know typical Bland championship side, and then we came in, and Nuno came in under the Fosun umbrella, and it was amazing. It completely changed yeah, the outlook 100%. of our club. And there is an element of comfort around Nuno. You know, there is. I admit that. You know, when we when when we're going through really bad spells, sometimes he talks, and I go, "Yeah, it'll be okay." Because he's almost like that guy you go to for reassurance. But sometimes, and this isn't me. I'm just talking in terms of what's happened. Clubs make decisions, and it, and they are for the, the better. Leicester got rid of Ranieri after he went after he won the Premier yeah, League. That one, he was manager you know, of the year. You know, um, I, you know, got to touch on the Albion. Yes, we're still in a sort of maybe the points don't affect it. But obviously, when Billich got bombed, there was mm-hmm. absolute outcry. And to be honest with you, I think Big Sam has probably got them playing better than the, you know, Big Sam has given them a better chance of staying up than what they would have under Billich. I'd agree with that. Yeah, we've got a better yeah, chance I'll, of staying up. Are we playing yeah, better yeah. football? No. Um, is it a long term vision? Absolutely not. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. It's just, there's actually a lot of crossover, um, but I don't, yeah, don't want to make it Albion just yet, Jamie. No, you, no, no, you carry not, on, mate. No, 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 <laughs> I'm not stopping. No, I'm not making bad. I'm, I'm just saying that, like, there's examples of, of clubs that, that make kind of ruthless decisions and yeah. kind of rip away that, that, that comfort blanket. To Even hopefully Chelsea be- with um, Tuchel coming in, look at the change they've yeah. had in, in the short yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, just, I just, you know, I just think the last 12 months have exposed a lot of weaknesses around in-game management, squad yeah. selection, tactics. Um, and I don't want to be that almost complacent Tim Pot mentality where we just go, well, it's been great for a couple of years. Nuno's been great. So let's just accept the fact we've been shit for 12 months. Because in reality, Harry, we have. We've been really poor. Yeah, you know, exactly. we, we, and we've got, we've got away with a lot of results. We have got away. We've got away with murdering a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, if we get to the end of the season and then we reinvest... Nuno turns around come November with the back fight for Europe. Brilliant. But mm-hmm. I just think no one's too big to have questions around them. And that's my that that's that's my only thing. That's my only thing. It is such an interesting debate, such a nuanced yeah. debate. And I mean, I don't think there will be many Wolves fans who are hundred percent one way or the other. I really do think it is it is sort of a um an ever-evolving topic. It really, really does change week by week. Um my concern would be, where do you go next? Who do you go for and what's the vision? Because I I look at this and I think have Wolves missed the boat on breaking into the top six with Arsenal's dry spell and Man United have struggled. Chelsea have finished um, outside the top four a few times. Even Liverpool are having a bad season. Um, and your Leicesters, your West Hams, they've broken into the top six this season. It looks like both of them will finish in the top six. Yeah, have Wolves missed the boat um, by staying too long with Nuno? I don't know. You you could never have sacked him at the start of the season. Will that chance be there next season? 
I don't know. It's happening more often nowadays. It really is. It, it is such an interesting situation. Um, it's, but, a huge, it's, a, it's a huge summary in terms of recruitment, Kieran, for us. This is our yeah. biggest transfer window to date coming it's up the in the first, summer. It's the first Nuno rebuild. Yeah, you transition this season it, and it's a proper rebuild in the summer. Because we are, you know, Lisa Moutinho, absolute goat, great player, done wonders for us. But he he hasn't got much left in him yet. You know, we're crying out for that ball came midfield. The Jimenez injuries exposed our lack of striker options. You know, we're crying out for a top quality centre-half. You know, there, there is a lot of investment needed this summer and it's a huge transfer window and it will define our, our immediate future this, this, this summer. But I truly believe that this summer will define our immediate future as to where our... It'll, it'll define Foson's priorities in terms of what they see us as within their uh, branding or what, 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 how they see us. Do they see us as, a, as, a, as something that they're going to pump money into and continue to pump money into? Yeah. You know, it, 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 there's massive, massive... It's going to be really interesting summer for Wolves, really interesting summer. And there'll be a lot of questions asked and a lot of questions answered, I believe. Yeah, in a word, boys, Nuno in or Nuno out? I'll start uh, out. JB? in for the moment <laughs> yes i thought it might go very very interesting voice we of course um to new listeners who are listening just this week um are probably a bit shocked by the concept but we are west Bromwich albion and wolves podcast therefore it's only right to move on to the other side of the black country and this is a painful one for me um it's a week that looks like it may have confirmed our relegation and we have our arch nemesis on the podcast um not, not <laughs> steve <laughs> Um, it's uh, HR8 so I I don't want to go into the sprawling monologue that Harry went into because um, you know no one's got the time to listen to two of those in one episode uh, but on um, on Albion we have come to a point in the season where everyone's starting to talk about uh, next season in the championship are we going down yes 99.9% likely we are now going down Fulham got that win after we we didn't beat Newcastle it, I mean it's it's going to happen over the last five games since um, OK Yikushlu uh, Dianya Maitland-Niles uh, Snodgrass as well obviously came in a bit earlier uh, start of Jan since those players have come in we have not shown relegation form we've won one drawn three lost one and the one we lost was a one nil from a set piece um we are not playing relegation football if you extrapolated our points per game over the last few games we would get over 40 points we'd stay up one thing we haven't got is time I look back on this season and why are we being relegated is it because of the 13 games under Slavin Bilic no is it because of the new look Albion team under Sam Allardyce no it's because of the transition that nine game eight nine game transition where we looked appalling the only one we got was Wolves freak result funny but freak result why did that happen well, if you look at it in black and white, it's because we've gone from a manager who liked to get the ball down, who likes technical players, like to really, really play football, for want of a better expression. And we've gone to the other end of the spectrum. And it's, I'm not saying Sam Allardyce is long ball because he's not. And he actually plays some really, really good football at times. But we've gone to a manager who is built on stability. And that takes time to implement. It, it doesn't happen overnight. So then you look at the games that we played against the likes of Leeds, Arsenal, uh, the second Man City fixture, um, everything apart from Liverpool and 
uh, of Villa, there's a great example. Everything apart from uh, the Wolves and the Liverpool game, we just looked like we had no identity until we got these new signings in. And for me, you have to point fingers at the board. Yes, you can replace your manager when things aren't going well. We were only two points off relegation zone. Uh, sorry, uh, off safety, by the way, were things really that bad. Um, yes, you can point. Uh, sorry, yes, you can replace your manager. But was it the right thing to go for a recognised firefighter and sacrifice everything you've worked for in the previous um, regime? I don't know. Do you compromise everything? It's like what Harry said about Nuno. They've gone. They've got this overarching vision this great vision of success and pro- progress and how far can they go as a club. And that's at odds with maybe the way Nuno plays football. Again, we've, we've done that to death. With Albion, you're looking at it and you're thinking, well, what is our vision? What, it's surviving the Premier League. Is, is that it? Is that the best we can do? Like, you're looking at that and thinking, they've sacrificed any kind of plan any kind of identity as a football club, which we'd worked so hard to get back since Tony Pulis has been sacked. We were, our name was in the mud and we, through Darren Moore, through um, Slavin Bilic, we really had attractive football back and it's gone. So do I blame Sam Allardyce? Absolutely not. Not a chance do I blame Sam Allardyce and I don't blame Slavin Bilic. Maybe fingers can be pointed in terms of recruitment at Slavin Bilic, Um but I think it's the transition, that period of the game, a third of the, sorry, period of the season, a third of the games, essentially, or a quarter of the games, that we just threw away on a transition period. Um, and frankly, I, I I wouldn't give Sam Allardyce a game in the championship because it's it's short-term planning at its worst. I, I mean, again, yeah. I said I wasn't going to go on a monologue and then, you know, no, he, it was like Braveheart. Like, passionate talk, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Yes, yeah, so when it comes to the Albion, I think obviously it was a really brave decision when it when it when it came to getting rid of Billich um, and obviously replacing with Sam. The logic, as I've always said, I can see that I've always that's the one thing Kieran can back me up on. I've always on this pod, I, I can see that I could I can see the logic as to why they did it. Um, I think looking at where Albion are now and where they've come from, I think as Kieran touched on earlier, that transition period when he first, when Sam came in and you were sort of getting battered left, right and centre each game. You know, you had the Palace, yeah. was it 5-1 five, five, against Palace? That was actually Leeds, Billich's, four, last, that was oh, Billich's was that last loss. Yeah, it was actually, yeah. Oh, right, I apologise. I thought that was under, um, no, but that was the, under Sam. But, no, but the point's valid. regardless, really, isn't they? Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Hang on, we weren't to get which manager. We weren't terrible when you were crying on YouTube, Harry. I know. I Everyone's know, seen like it, I mate. Everyone just had a discussion it. about my thoughts on Nuno. You know, you know, really... you know I'm happy no. about. It. Go on, Jamie. No, 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 it's fine. Listen, all I was going to say was that initial transition under Sam, where there were some heavy defeats, has obviously really crippled your goal difference. And in effect, that's an extra yeah. point that you're that you're yeah. that you've got got against you. Um, it was always going to take time, and like I said, I think. It was the right decision. I do. I think you will have. I think you would have. I think you would have still been in a similar position under Billich as to what you are now. Um, Me but too. I just yeah. feel under. I just feel under Sam. How how you know he's brought in a couple of players that he obviously knows about. He's obviously, he's obviously pinpointed those lads. They have made a difference, you know. And his recruitment in that little January transfer window was far better than Billich's in the summer. Absolutely. Um, you yeah. know, which which is typical Big Sam. Um, and, yeah, and, and, and it, it has made a difference. And like I said, I, I watch you most weeks now, um, and, and I have seen a, an improvement. Absolutely, Granted, yeah. you know, it, it's still not great, but there is an improvement, and you can see what Sam is trying to implement. Is it too little, too late? As I seem to say every single week, 
the more we go on. Me and you. Oh, it has to be now, last, yeah. Me, me, me and you ended the podcast last week, didn't we? And I think my sort of parting words were, hey, we could be sitting here next Monday and you could have six points from six because I saw them both mm-hmm. as winning games for you. Yeah. And only six and, points. It transpired that way. Yeah, exactly, Harry. It transpired you know, that way. We could have won it, both it, of those it, games. I, I easy, easily, mate, if you could have yeah. won both games. I, I watched both games. You could have won them both, yeah. but you didn't. You've come out with one point, which... Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's that same. It was that that, that double header you had, and you might have to remind me, Kieran, where we said if you, Fulham, you had Sheffield a double United. head, and you came out with one point, was it? Yeah, no, uh, yeah, Fulham, Sheffield United, uh, two all, and we, and and, two and, one, and we were leading and, in both games. And that's what, and, it, it, and it's that same thing, isn't it? Again, we had that pod before that, and we said, bloody, hell, at this point, this time next week, you could be sitting six points prettier, could be looking yeah. a lot better. You came out with one, and this double Absolutely, head, which yeah. I saw as winnable. Again, I know you've banged Everton's drum quite a lot this season, but I've ne- I haven't rated them from start. Off. No, they I... are where they are. I've got no idea. Yeah, they're um, a different side without Hammers Rodriguez for sure. And I they think are, we, they we, are. we had a big chance there. And at the end of the day, we it, it, we are at, at half a half a foot, as in not a foot the imperial yeah. measurement, a foot as in the body part. We are half a foot from an equaliser in the ninety third minute there, and we get a point. And do we go on and beat Newcastle? In all likelihood, yeah. Because it was fine margins again. Would we have gone and beat Newcastle? Can't say definitely. But if that goal stands, which it shouldn't stand by VAR, I'm not not professing that. No, it no, 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 no. Um, but that's the fine margin, and it is those kind of fine margins, like um, the Havertz handball when we were three 0 up against yeah. Chelsea. It, it, this has happened time and time and time and time and time again. And I'm, and, 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 and I'm just, just going to say, mate. And, and frankly, we haven't got the quality. Um, so that it, it, these are all these fine margins are costing us. Other teams have fine margins and they stay up. We haven't yeah, got the quality yeah. because we didn't recruit well in the summer and that the blame does lie with Billich and again with Luke Dowling. One thing Sam has yeah. done well is he's recruited, but again, he's recruited for the short term. It's freeze, yeah. it's loans, it's players that we borrow from other people who are going to go back and again, decimate the core of the squad. It, would I have sacked Billich to this day I, I say no and there'll be Albion fans, I'll turn the podcast off now, there will be, there'll be Albion fans who are... <laughs> You're thinking, who is this idiot? But what Bilic had done, and I think maybe we get away from this, having not been at the ground for a while, what Bilic had done to galvanise the fan base, who for a time period hated going under Tony Pulis. We, it was it was horrible. Yes, we were in the Premier League and like it can be worse. We've seen that and we, we've had that careful. What you wish for, all those cliches. It, it, at least under Bilic, it was glorious at times the football was fantastic the the players were enjoying playing for him and I don't think that they're not enjoying playing for Allardyce by the way they look like they are enjoying it but would I have sacked him I don't know I'd have been tempted to go down with him like Scott Parker at Fulham yeah. um, and then and see Daniel Mo- Falk at Norwich I think that's a really Excellent. good yeah really good example they could, yeah. Easily, yeah. they could easily have thought wait a minute we beat City 3-2 earlier on in the season we could potentially get someone in who yeah. could be Let, let's get Big Sam in but that's that the thing they have Stuart Webber as a director of football who will not sacrifice a long-term vision for short-term success yeah. and look at them now they're heading right back up I reckon they'd have built exactly. from that experience because you can see players like Todd Campwell and players like that who that was their first experience in the Premier League with Norwich they'll be yeah. going back up they're not only are they talented players they've had that previous experience and with West Brom 
it felt a little bit like um, Alan Pardew was doing a podcast, and I, I West Brom fans probably really don't like him. But he said the difference no. when he took over when he took over West Brom to when Big Sam took over West Brom, there seems to be more of a vibrancy about the playing squad. Yeah. There's not loads of players hijacking taxis in like abroad trips. Yeah, and yeah. Nowadays. Did Alan Pardew there's, say that? He just said that there was like I mean, bad I, discipline I, when he came in. That's and so interesting. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, everyone everyone told the story that um, Pulis was a disciplinarian who had the squad really, really yeah. like tightly knit, and mm. uh, Pardew came in and basically basically couldn't control them. But it's interesting he said to it was hear almost irreversible when he came. Yeah, in. He, said he, would, he, he said if he took over the squad that Big Sam had, he thought you. I mean, he's going to say it. But he thought oh, he could yeah, have had a bit of he's fit, an he'd arrogant have had a prick. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah. Because like, <laughs> <laughs> stealing <laughs> a living wherever he goes. Oh, mate, don't get me on Pardew. I do my best not to bring Alan Pardew up on this podcast um, as Wolves fans we, we, we think he did a cracking job in yeah. fairness <laughs> he was yeah without without <laughs> Alan Pardew I think, I think we'd still be in a very different place with um, yeah with, I mean yeah a, a massive yeah. massive tangent there um, but yeah, yeah. It, I, I am so behind Sam Allardyce in the short term as the club are as the players are uh, I don't want him to manage our club long term and that's that's my 10 cents on that uh, people will disagree as they disagree with Harry on Nuno out. Um, I will be very grateful to Sam Allardyce um, for his efforts in this. Uh, and if he keeps us up, yeah, absolutely. I will, I will compromise that long-term vision for short-term success. I'll go back on my words if he keeps us up. But as I've said all along, I don't want Sam Allardyce as our long-term vision because it's not a long-term vision. There's no plan in there. That is not a plan. To, to bring in a manager yeah. who can survive in the Premier League is not a plan, unless you invest massively, and we can't. Like You look back at his career, where has he been, where has he done well, where he can recruit well? We can't offer him that. No, we can't yeah. offer him any of that. I don't see what, what anyone would gain from him being in charge next season when we go down. Um, sure. I mean, I'm prepared to eat my words and I'm not even saying he wouldn't bring us back up because he would. And again, it's that short-term success thing. But in terms of galvanising the fan base, rediscovering what it means to be an Albion fan, I don't know, we could do a lot worse than, than exciting football. Yeah. But he might play exciting football the same way that Nuno did when he was in the Championship. And yeah, but Nuno had a world-class squad in that league. It yeah. was almost impossible not to get promoted with that side. It would have taken an Alan Pardew to not got us promoted. <laughs> that season. Yeah. Being serious, Big yeah. Sam would have got that Wolves side promoted with ninety points, guaranteed. And in, in, yeah, in hindsight, done, yeah. looking back on that yeah. promotion season, I mean, it was amazing. Like one of my favourite ever seasons. But oh, I think even incredible. at the time, to- I think I think even at the time, and I don't think we realised how good that squad was in the okay. championship. Yeah, like we, we you know, when we signed Ruben Neves, obviously you now we were kind of. I'd heard of him and he was like Porto's the youngest ever captain, but didn't know much about the boy. Yeah. And then Jota came in and all these, and then we'd heard of him. It was, like, it was almost like real life football manager, wasn't it? Yeah, you've got yeah. Champions League yeah. players and, playing and, and, in the and second And then you tier, actually yeah. watched exactly. it. You know, and Willie Bolly, I mean, Willie Bolly could have played with one leg that season. Like, it was, he found it so easy. But he's tried that this season, hasn't he, to it, be it, fair? Oh, man, I know, I know. But, but yeah, looking back, I mean, it was a ridiculous squad. And I don't think as Wolves fans, we we appreciated or knew just how good they were. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's because of the previous history of us being, of playing and Andy Keir and like players like that up top. And then all of yeah. a sudden yeah. you've, got, you've got the likes of Raul Jimenez. I think there's just been such a massive gulf between what we used to be like and what we are that I still think some fans are still potentially thinking that what's going on even now being 12th in the Prems, like, the greatest thing ever. So there's, it's yeah. difficult with our fan base because there's so many that have witnessed so much bad stuff 
that when you're in a slightly better position, like I say, it's it's where where do we stand right now and where can we stand in the future? Yeah, and to be honest, yeah. um, that that point on um, that point on what old older fans um, have experienced. JB, yourself included, obviously you're a little bit older than Harry and I. You you have seen dark days for Wolves as well. And obviously, the league one, everyone's seen the, mm. that kind of that yeah. dark day. Um, and it, it kind of brings us on nicely to a discussion, Harry, around sort of football Twitter, for want of a better term, and the yeah. modern day football fan. Um, and you are, like it or not, one of the faces of that. Um, yes. the, the sort of trolling culture, the dub culture, um, this, this thing of... Um, commenting on your uh, rivals' pages and stuff, and you are one of the main perpetrators of that. Mm-hmm. How does it make you feel um, when fans of an older generation will go after the younger fan for not getting it, for not really being fans, for not getting what it means to be a football fan? I, I definitely get it. I mean, I mean, this is a really interesting discussion. Really interesting. I think with there's always going to be parallels of how people were brought up with football. And I think naturally then, because social media is now of an age where everyone's involved, I think there's always going to be clashes of opinions and standpoints. I mean, even like with football, there's football vlogging, isn't it? Where someone can go to a stand with their phone with the game and talking about it and get hounded out the ground. I've seen that's it happen a, myself. That's a big no from me, by the way. Exactly. There you go. So even now, there's just so many debates as to what constitutes as football and supporting football and following football. Yeah. And I almost feel like with the Wolves fan base, those that feel necessarily switched off to otherness, which as in fans necessarily that might not even be from the same country or fans that don't necessarily um, go home and away. Wolves are almost in a parallel because of the Wolves has been the most one of the biggest growing fan bases over the last two, three years out of any English side. And so naturally, all of these new things are going to come along with that. You're going to have international fans. You're going to have maybe a bit more commercialisation of a football club. And I think where football Twitter comes into that is that added commercialization and added global impact that social media and modern football has. And therefore, you're going to have those supporters that were there in, in the turnstiles at the 80s and 90s that never witnessed any of this. And the Chorley away brigade. 100%. And then, then yeah. that, that, as a result, creates those dilemmas, creates those contrasts of personalities, which resonate quite strongly on, on football Twitter, especially when you're doing well. I think when League One, two-ish, there's less of that because I think it's just more still quite grassroots standard. But I think course, by yeah. the time you go up to the top, I think that's just natural part of football. I can completely understand those that, that, that feel the opposite way about it. 100%. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's a really, really interesting discussion. And it and again, you'd think we'd done this before, but it's a lovely segue onto um, <laughs> another topic I did want to bring up, Harry. Yes. And it... <laughs> You yourself, I mean, you are a professional wind-up merchant. Let's make no bones about that. You know exactly (laughs) what you're doing. You know the reaction you're after. Um, And you really rile a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, However, on the other side of the coin, and this is is exemplified by the the tweet we put out asking for questions, and I'll I'll read those in a second. You're subjected to abuse online, which can get very personal. Um, Of course. And some will feel that's justified because mm-hmm. you're looking for reaction because you are yeah. a troll, for want of a better word. Mm-hmm. Um, just to just to exemplify it, a couple of the responses. So we've asked people to get involved, people who, you know, probably haven't listened to the podcast before, but we've got somebody with a lot of Wolves followers. Uh, we asked for questions. One of the responses, one of the questions for Harry was, have you ever had sex? 
And one of the responses was, and again, it's not someone we follow, so I'll have to scroll through them and look for them. One of the responses was, um, well, I'm not even reading that one aloud from an Albion <laughs> fan. That is uh, pretty grim. Um, and then this one, <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not reading that one. And then I've got one which says, uh, do you sniff your mom's knickers? I mean, that, that is the other one. That's the other one. By the way. Yeah, the other one. Thanks for clearing that. The other one about your mom. The other just, one about just, your mom. Just to clarify on that one. On the so there's um, not someone who did inside joke towards that. Yeah, it? of course. Yeah. Like uh, to yeah. take for the record, Your Honor. Um, yeah. But this is what happened. I mean, we've put that tweet out and that makes me feel bad that we're getting this abuse in response to our tweet. Yeah. How does that make you feel? Is it worth the trolling to, you know, to get this rise from fans, to get a bit of publicity? Is it worth the abuse? This is once again a superb question, isn't it? I mean, I'm going to address it just naturally. Thank you very instead much. Instead of me under the guise of the, of the Twitter. In reality, from where you, you say in regards to... I. Twitter's obviously a social media, but I kind of always feel that Twitter's more of a game than that because with Twitter, That's so every, interesting, especially so interesting football, to hear you say that, Harry. Yeah, I mean, and this is almost yeah. an exclusive type insight thing because I think with Twitter, I don't take with Instagram. I've got you know all the people I know personally following me. I follow them, and you on Facebook, vast majority of the people who are, who I'm friends with on Facebook, my aunts, my family, my friends, associates, Twitter. I've got, I don't, Twitter always seems to be a bit different because I don't really connect with anyone I actually know on there. And I, know, yeah. I don't see yeah. anyone else ever doing it. There's a lot yeah. of anonymity where we're pronouncing it on Twitter, <laughs> yeah. Twitter, the face profiles. And if you scroll through Twitter, especially on with football or anything, it, for me, it's, it always seems very casual to me. I don't really go on there thinking too much about it because I feel like it's more of a game at times just to see if you likes retweets I don't really respect the site at, at times in, in regards to how they deal with comments for instance on Instagram TikTok Facebook a negative comment comes up on a post of, that's yours you can delete it Twitter actively don't do that they should have done it by now but when someone yeah. sends a bad thing yeah, you yeah. Can hide yeah. message you can hide message and there's a massive bloody icon on the side of your tweet which you click and it shows the hidden shows message. the message yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, that's, that's what Twitter is to me I've I've seen some absolutely disgusting stuff on Twitter, awful yeah. posts because it's people just trying to, and the, this is when football Twitter goes way too far. People are trying to pander to the most obscene, horrible, lowest common denominator content in order to gain likes, retweets from people that they don't even know. It's not like yeah. on Facebook where you might post a status update because people know you to say, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm engaged or I've got a job. Twitter yeah. for me is a completely different kettle of fish really, where I almost, I feel as if people who are on there, the vast majority of people on there, even if they are under their own guise, aren't really themselves, yep. especially under, under yeah. the football umbrella. Yeah, absolutely. Perpetuate over the years. And that's just for me when it comes to all of this in terms of, I just don't take it seriously because for me, especially with the HRH stuff, it, it doesn't relate to me personally. Yeah, it's, never, a, it's a character. It's a character. I exactly. Like, I, yeah. And pe when people do that, I hate to say it, but and the way of stopping stuff like this or things that incense uh, hate or negativity the best way to shut stuff like that down is not respond it's always that yeah. case if someone keeps going hey you're rubbish hey you're rubbish no replies they could probably do it three four times they wouldn't do it anymore but with yeah. twitter it's just incredible i've always found it quite funny as well onto the next of it how angry people get 
over the most things like for me obviously wind up at school maybe i've always had the in talent you always wind people up you always have a laugh you have a bit of banter <laughs> with people naturally i was always okay at it maybe i just know what buttons to push but social media i mean i found it with the wolves fans early on then it came to villa and west brom there are people that really take themselves way too seriously for a site like twitter and for me i always feel as if when i do a tweet when i do a jibe it's always nine times out of ten sometimes I've been a bit serious about Nuna stuff it's always intended for comedic effect or for people to see yeah. the brighter side of it or for people to have a laugh about it and I think people started to cotton on especially in the Wolves fan base over time oh absolutely in, yeah yeah on Twitter and abuse and anything that's directed to me on under the Twitter guys intended for me I don't feel is my own abuse it's not like someone if I'm just doing shopping in the in the supermarket and someone like as a go I mean, then that's different has it ever happened in person has anyone ever approached no, you it's very no. conveniently every single person who's come up to me even during a couple of years ago oh i love your stuff mate you really make me laugh it's yeah, really funny yeah yeah in their villa shirts people won't. people won't because i don't think i even do anything bad enough to even warrant it in fairness There's no. A time no and i was yes i was going to make yeah. this point harry it's yeah. at the end of the day you, you see things yeah you see things on twitter that are you know, people mock Hillsborough, people mock the Munich air disaster. There was some despicable stuff on Twitter. Yeah. You are singing a parody song about your rivals maybe getting relegated. It is not the end that's, of the world. Yes, it's part funny. Of the funny, the irony. It's yeah, Jay exa- exactly. Cover. Exactly. It's a Jay yeah. Sean cover that some of the people <laughs> getting riled by it don't even remember the Jay Sean song in the first place. <laughs> I think it's my own song that I wrote it myself and provided the own <laughs> instrumental. And it's, it's, mate, it's, incredible. It's, a, it's a really good point. And, and like yeah. I said, I want to just touch back on that because obviously I've followed you for a while harry uh, you know mm-hmm. i have i followed you, you, you sort of your, your the official account for a while then obviously i remember you opened up your private account the other year and i, I, mm-hmm. I was i was one of your first followers on yeah, that sort of thing and, and um, that yeah that's it mate yeah. and um but the one thing you've never done with, with your sort of banter mm-hmm. sort of that it's never been personal it's never been derogatory to anybody it's never it's never sort of dug any anybody out mm-hmm. but the response of, of fans or bot accounts or whatever is mm. staggering. And it's, I mean, wolf, I don't, I don't, it's Wolves I, fans as well the, as Albion yeah, I mean, and Villa I mean, as well. I mean, the, the thing for me, Harry, is like I follow a lot of Wolves fans on Twitter. Mm. A lot of them I know personally. Mm. I'm not going to out anybody on this podcast because it's not about no, that. No but, no. but 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 even just the response to the Black Country Ramble tweet about asking you questions, you know, typified what Twitter can be about. People... Mm. People say what they want to say on Twitter behind that sort of internet keyboard thing. Um, and if I met you know, anybody in person, I mean, that people obviously, I only show what I want people to see. But in reality, when um, it's just when the phone's off, when the social media's off, if I bumped into literally any Wolves, West Brom, Villa fan, I don't I honestly think I'd get on easily because it's yeah, like, everybody's got that online, yeah. guys. And if people perceive me for what I type and what I post, then obviously you, that's fine because that's what I'm showing you. But that is what I'm showing you for a reason. Whereas I don't think that there's a, if I met anyone that I couldn't have a chat with them for 10 minutes and clear the air, that's the thing. And that's why I always don't take it too seriously because what I'm doing and what I'm, what I'm posting, uploading, it is a, it's a guise, it's a laugh. It's something that I don't take too seriously. And the problem yeah. I think is that some people do and that's fine. But I think unless you meet someone face to face for 10, 15 minutes, you can never have a realistic depiction of what they're like, in, in my opinion. But um, did, did yeah. you expect, did you, did, did you expect, obviously, when you when you sort of did the originals of the Jay Sean thing, did you expect it to go as big as it did? 
did, oh, was there any no. or was it was there an aim for it to be that big like did you did yeah. you did you do it because you wanted the reaction to go big or did you do it just purely because it was funny really clever by the way you know yeah. and and or do you know I mean, what was the purpose clever, behind it but, you know yeah, oh, yeah I know. <laughs> <laughs> technically if if Golan technology worked it would have been a master so I, I can't feel any well, you got you got us promoted it. as well harry said thank you <laughs> there you go i know it's fantastic <laughs> but no i think um I th- well with the chanting that i kind of i was jibing the villa fans all summer and um, i actually did a couple wolves chants in that the 1819 season which were like slightly flickering on twitter so I, it was just a natural thing to do just to to rile them up a little bit. I never would have thought it would have developed as it is, but I didn't, I didn't think Villa were going to be that bad in fairness. So it just went hand in hand. But um, yeah, it was, uh, it was it was great fun yeah. to, to keep uploading it every time and to still get the negative. You'd think after watching it the third, fourth time, you'd just scroll past, wouldn't you? Yeah. And just ignore. It's like, it's yeah. like when you drive past a car accident, though, you, you cannot yeah. stop. You just, you think, yeah, go on then, I'll watch it. I'll watch it, go on. I, I can't help myself. Um, it got very and- funny. And it is it is very funny. It was hilarious when it was at Villa's expense. Um, so it would be very, very foolish of me to sit here and say it's not funny any longer when it's at Albion's expense, because it is funny. Um, yeah. But away from this sort of stuff, away from the, the character, essentially, is, is what we'll call it, the HRH character, because that is not who you are as a person. We can see that people will probably have heard that in this um, hour or so we've done so far. What are your aspirations what do you want to do aside from hra aside from the jokes obviously you, you've recently started a website harry i don't know if you want to tell us a bit about that encourage people well, to read yeah just a little bit of a blog thing i mean basically i um i'm a journalism student i, I do journalism yeah. at uni so um naturally that's something potentially in the future other than that i mean people have said when i was posting some of my new no out content this is something i want to say they're saying you're doing it at, 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 like in the last week or so you're doing it for attention and i was kind of thinking that's quite i saw, I saw that they don't yeah, know that. that but people don't know it because i don't cross engage but i have one of the biggest football accounts on tiktok i'm on two hundred thousand followers on there if i want attention i'll in the nicest and most like possible way i'll just post on there like a yeah. lot of the time especially these days obviously two three years ago it was more of a case of that but these days it's like i say with the blog and with the all that other stuff like a lot of what i posted on the um the that second account i played around with for a while was actually just genuine opinion in fairness and then i started to in the last couple posts potentially just dig the push the stick a bit and prod people a bit more in reality like i say i do that tiktok and that's been massive in the last three four months that i've really enjoyed doing um i've worked obviously i've started that blog and i'll, I'll probably keep posting items and articles yeah, do it, man. And retweet yeah it, please do it, a bit of a laugh and obviously just keep going to to, to uni and doing all the, the work for that <laughs> all as well. the stuff yeah, there we go if i landed <laughs> if i landed decent half decent job after it superb and then if not yeah. who knows what life brings at the end of the day yeah but well so if anybody is fun. listening um, we have a very keen journalism student here um, who is uh, very good at online engagement. Um, <laughs> excellent CV. Um, so, Harry, we could chat all day about that stuff, um, but we really, really should talk about some more football, seeing as it's been all social media for the last 20, 25 minutes. Um, before we do preview the next games, um, that trivia question, JB, it's it's niggling me. I've got one more Um so just just to recap, okay. uh, JB, can yeah. you give us the question once more. So the question is, which six German players have won Premier League medals? Mm-hmm. Okay, I've got one to add. Robert Hoof. 
He did I was it. Just going to say Robert Hooth. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say Robert. But I thought of Leicester okay. for him. I didn't think of Chelsea. Yeah. yeah. So, so Robert Hooth has actually got three Premier League medals. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so who who have we got so far? Robert Hooth. Michael um, Ballack. Michael Ballack. We've got yeah. Andre Schürrle. Um, and yeah. then Jens Lehmann, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So you've got no. two to go. What do we reckon, go? Harry? Let's go. Let's let's try and do this live. So are we going to try Jerome Boating just in case? Jerome Boating. No way he was there. It's not. It's, no, it's not no, Boating. No. He'd moved but on. You're, but, yeah, but you're along the um, right lines. So I'll, no I'll Man United much. because they didn't have any German players until Schweinsteiger. Um, Man City. Who are we saying? Um, Man City. It's anyone there? City, that's. A, I mean, we'll come come back to City. Go back to the Arsenal teams. So they had Lehmann. Any more German players in there? It's that's the thing, isn't it? I don't no, know. No it's stick, difficult. They will stick out when you know the answers. That's the thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you'll go, oh my god, how did I not? How did I not get that? Yeah. And then no. it, maybe. So I think are there any Blackburn ones in case? Because that could potentially be a catch. <sighs> oh, catch I don't know. I, I, I doubt no, it. It's a no. Then that's fine. Yeah, we'll I doubt out. it. Um, Oh, I don't want to give up on this. JB does this every time. I have I have questions where the answer is one answer. And if you get it, you're really pleased with yourself. No, sorry. I, I, I have to, every week, I have these little I'm successes. Terrible. Uh, but we got four. I, um, I can't think of anybody else, Harry. I'm struggling. Is there struggling. anyone from last year? In case I forgot that there's a German. It, it, right, I, I'll give you a la- last last clue. The, the, yeah. the, the, the final two are, very, are recent. The recent. Okay. Um, would Carius... No, Carius moved on, hadn't he? No. Um, no he so Adrian, yeah, off, Adrian, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Last two are recent. Oh, are, we, are we being absolutely I, dumb here? Yeah, there's, it's like... You'll, you'll, you'll absolutely... You'll, you will kick yourself. We've got, Rob, we've got Robert Hooth and Andre Schurler. You've got, you've got, got, the, hard, the, you've, you've got the hardest yeah. ones. You've, you've actually got the hardest ones. I thought the, the two that you haven't got would be the probably... At least one of them would be like, yeah... I'm not trying to rub it in. It's here, not no Salah, is it? I, 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 <laughs> <so alive>. <laughs> <laughs> so Jurgen Klopp, who does he have from Germany? Who yeah, who came over with him? It? Did anyone come over with him? I don't think they did. Right. Let's look at City then. So who's in that City team? Oh, I can't think of anyone. There's one floating around my head that's I know. I just can't quite put a name on it. Absolutely. I'm I'm gonna retire. I, I'm not gonna get this. Yeah, I put uh, all my effort into Schurler and Lehman. Yeah, I'm, that's 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 JB put us out of our misery. Well, first one, Leroy Sane, Manchester, <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then and then the second one, you will absolutely kick yourself on this. Gundogan, Gundogan. Oh, yeah, JB, oh, of course. <laughs> there are, I knew there were two, I knew there were players in that Man City team. I know, oh, the I know. Leroy Sane it's, one, that's that's tricky because that, that's too fair. Like, he, moved, him, he, moved, he moved on, he moved on, didn't he? Quite, he yeah. moved on, but they don't, they don't even yeah. pick him, do they? Anyway, that, that was a great question. That's a fantastic yeah, yeah, yeah. teaser. Um, definitely one for um, a cup of coffee and a think rather than on oh, the, spot yeah, on the podcast. Diff, 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 difficult over this. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, really, really, really good question. So yes, let's move on to previewing um, the games then coming up. So really interesting one for Wolves. Um, you are playing Liverpool, mm-hmm. who are very, very vulnerable at the moment. They've they've been the worst that they've been for a long time certainly the worst under Jurgen Klopp mm-hmm. do you go for it if you knew no well, I know we already won't 
So that's the thing we can debate like every game. We know we won't. Everyone first half, we'll sit around, play around. By the way, we lost to Liverpool four 0 in the in, in Anfield. I understand they were a little bit different then. They weren't during a massive downfall. But as it stands, Liverpool out of sorts. But but with us as well, it's just you know for a fact we're not in the first half. That's the problem. Now I've said that, we'll probably knock three past them in the first Imagine. 10 minutes. <laughs> That'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. We, we don't seem to have, we're not in a situation where we have a manager who's particularly versatile so that you can sit before games and go, well, what, what approach do you reckon we're going to take uh, today? Yeah. You know it'll be the same yeah, bloody thing. And we might win a little penalty in the second half with Nevers might slot away or we might get a VR decision our way. But in reality, we're not entering, we're not in games very often. And half the time when we are, it's through those little strokes of luck at the minute. So I don't know where, where the goal's going to come from. And I don't think we're going to go for it, even though I think we should, because their confidence is brittle. But there we go. It, yeah, it, 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 yeah can't, can't really argue with that, to be honest with you. I think for me, you only have to look at what Fulham did to Liverpool um, and look at what teams have done to Liverpool these last few games. You know, you've just got to go at them and have that element of confidence. We've got nothing to lose. What have I said on this pod and many a time, Kieran? We're in a situation where we're not getting relegated. We're not getting into Europe. Why not use these, why not use these last... Is it 10 games left now, maybe? Uh, 12, I think. 12, 12 is it? Why not yeah. use these games now to actually work on stuff, go at teams? You know what? We've got nothing to lose. Liverpool are in probably their worst run of form for for years. You know, their confidence, is, as, as, as Harry says, is really brittle. You know, we, we've got they're, to they're go at to these teams. Out. Absolutely. You know, we, we've got to have a go. And if, and if we, we go at them and we, we lose 3-0, do you know what? At least we can say, do you know, at least we went at them. At least we tried. At least we had some possession and created some chances. Rather than just going, oh, do you know, we sat back for 75 minutes, absorbed what we could and all the penetrators in the end, unlucky. Because that's the way it seems to be at the moment, more often than not. So for me, I'd like to see us to set up quite positive, go at them, you know, try something a little bit different. I'd, lo- I'd love to see us, you know, I'd love to see us go, 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 go for at the back, you know, just go, go, go for at the back and, 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 and try something different. I can't yeah. see that happening, by the way. Maybe you can um, have a shot at goal in the first half an hour. Who knows? It might actually yeah. go in the net. And convert to you goal. Know, you, Goals you get you know, points. Mate. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Eh? How can how entitled fans have a shot at goal in the first half? Fancy that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and is it an interesting conversation around the back four and should you be using yeah. these games to, to try and implement changes? And I, I mean, I think you should. I think if, you, if Nuno's not looking at trying to implement those changes now he probably won't at all next season yeah, this, is a tell, this is a telltale sign he's set in his ways maybe um, but you know still still plenty of time to go and you are well and truly safe now like I, I mean a month yes. ago there was the genuine question of were you going to get sucked in sort of after the Black Country Derby kind of time um, yeah, now yeah. he's consolidated you might see him move away from the back three again I don't know you know it's difficult to say um, Albion have I'll be have another game um, against a team where we will be looking at it and thinking that has to be three points if we harbour any hopes of staying up. Interesting one because we looked at the four games in a row that were Brighton, um, Burnley, Palace, and I'm forgetting one. We drew the game nil nil. No, uh, no, it was two days ago. Newcastle, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we looked at those four games, um, which was a runner four at the time, and we said, yeah, if we can take. Seven, eight, nine points from that will be all right. We still have a chance of taking eight points from those four games. We've drawn two and won one. Yes, the Everton games come in the middle and results have gone against us. I'm not saying we're going to stay up and even if we beat Palace, but we've done okay in that little run of, of teams against us. If we beat Palace, 
we'll keep playing with a bit of hope, keep playing, yeah. you know, fighting every week. And it, it, it wouldn't surprise me if we do win this. I mean, this has happened before to Albion where we've put a run together when all hopes lost and it's not quite been enough. The Spurs game where a Wolves fan um, flew a plane over the ground um, saying bye-bye boing boing or something like that and then we didn't yeah. get relegated because yeah. more than <laughs> than yeah. we got relegated anyway so I'm sure yeah, yeah, yeah. last laugh but um, yeah I mean th- this really is a case of oh if we win we win if we lose we lose it's getting to the point where it doesn't really matter anymore however we've done okay in this little critical period that we would have circled on the calendar uh, we've done okay aside from that Everton loss um, if we win this Palace game got to go and win some games we're not expected to win just as Connor Townsend says um, in terms of how the game will go they've got Zaha back um, they're a dangerous side with the Berriers they they are, it's 5-1 yeah. earlier in the season 10 men yes uh, but still 5-1 is 5-1 as you boys know all too well um, difficult Please. score line. Had to get yeah. that one in. Um, and, and it took you a long time, didn't it? I'm really. Are you, well, he's, been, he's, been very poli- he's been very polite. He's been very polite tonight. Yeah. Wow, well, yeah, I, I was like, I was yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I've um, I've been on my best behaviour. I mean, if I, if I, to be fair, if I started getting into the times we've beaten you, this wouldn't be a long enough format. We'd need weeks to go through all the games we've had over Wolves, Harry. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, we, we, I think we'll win the game. I think we will go out and we'll, we'll put a good performance in because we've been really, really good um, in, of, of late. The one thing I would like to see is maybe a little change to freshen things up. Maybe Phillips out for Snodgrass and... Um, Deanya looks knackered, bless him. He's he's trying his heart out. Um, but it, I wouldn't be surprised if um if he maybe gets 45 yeah. minutes instead of instead of the full game. Although he did come off at the end of the last game. Um again, okay, Yakushlu has to start. The back four's picking itself at the minute. Um, you know, a few weeks ago when we looked at what, what would we need to stay up, we would need eight clean sheets in 13 games. Well, we've kept two more clean sheets in the next three since then. So, yeah. I mean, Allardyce has, has got this solid foundation now and mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised, I would be very surprised rather if he alters anything. Um, England's number one picks himself and then the back four in front of him are looking very he's solid. Only, he's only like that because he has about 55 shots towards him every game. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to concede every shot that goes past you, are you? You're going to have to yeah. save a few. Yeah, you need to be a goalkeeper. Yeah, you'd rather go for Rui Patricio's approach in the first few weeks of the season, uh, let every shot in. Don't bother saving uh, any of them. How many? How many European Championships has Sam Johnson won? He was sitting on the sofa <laughs> watching the final. My friend, there's, there's different levels between them two. I mean, yeah, that is a valid point, but um, Sam Johnston might be at the Euros in the summer uh, while we're on our sofas watching it. So, um, just to put a score prediction on it, um, I again think we'll get a result. I'm going to go. 1-0 Albion another nervy one shaky one another clean sheet I'm going to go 1-0 um, and the dream may not die just yet um, can I get a score prediction for the Wolves-Liverpool game from both of you lads it's a tough one I personally think and um, maybe because I, I think I'm in a pessimistic mood uh, but I think that Liverpool's dire run has to end at some point I actually think <laughs> it's probably going to happen to us I think yeah, kind of something when enough. you have a gut feeling half the time you're right and I, I just feel that I don't even think Liverpool will play badly so I don't think it's going to be because we play poor I just think they're going to overcome us and probably beat us 2-0 they're due a good performance yeah uh, JB yeah it, uh, Harry's put the words out of my mouth I was going to say 2-0 I just think it's a funny actually in, in my 
group chat they'd often refer to on this pod. There's a couple of Liverpool fans and they were talking about how poor form they are. And I've always made a joke. I said, I said any team that's in a, in, a, in a real rut, you know, really struggling and, and can't get out of that rut, all they need to do is play Wolves next because they'll always get a result. It That's always seems to happen again. It always seems to happen against us. It does, yeah. um, and I can t- listen. They've, they've got like is it a nine-day break. We've had. I think. I think they'll have plenty of time to recover and do that as Wolves have as well. But listen, I'd love to see us go out and go at them and put a performance on and actually try and expose some of their weaknesses. But as as Harry says, you know, I just don't feel that way. Watching us at the moment, it just doesn't feel like we've got that in us at the moment. I just think Liverpool yeah. just have too much for us, and I don't like predicting losses. I, I, I don't think I've predicted many losses actually on this pod. Have I? I think no, the only not one many. Predicted, not many. I think the, I think the only one I probably predicted is is the Man City one last week. You on a roll then, JB? I, I know, I know, yeah. Oh, so I called nil nil by the way in the you uh, did Wolves Villa game. Listen, li- listen, I'll end it. I'll end it nil nil. I'll never know. But it was a great call. Don't don't hate the player. You know, absolutely, Matt. I hate the game, but no. I'll, I'll have to go 2-0 Liverpool, unfortunately. I just think they'll have too much for us. And in a word, boys, uh, Albion predictions, I'm going to go 1-0 Albion. JB? I'm going to go... Um, I'm going to 2-1 Palace. 2-1 Palace. Harry, be kind. I think you're in a situation now... Oh, it's one word, wasn't it? Um, 1-0 Palace. <laughs> <laughs> go on, have a few more. Have a few more. I I just I don't know with with Crystal Palace I feel like after they beat you five one there's potentially going to be a little yeah. bit of a confidence boost for them especially as they just lost four one to Spurs I don't think Roy Hodgson teams pelt loads of goals past their net twice in a row so yeah. I just feel as if um, personally that they're, they're just going to potentially maybe even just down to mentality because they beat you five one last time yeah I think it'll be it, a closer game because Big Sam's got his house in order with your team yeah I think for sure yeah yeah definitely um, and it is important to remember we were playing with ten men and it was one all in that game and we were on the top we were on top until Pereira got a ridiculous red card it, yeah it's, it's a little bit petulant but it's never a red card um, and it, that really could have gone either way and in the end it's an absolute drubbing. Um, but yeah, isn't it interesting what happens when a Roy Hodgson team beats you 5 1? You really do get on a downward trajectory, mm. things just it's quite low, isn't it? That's, that's yeah, 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 losing 5 1 to a Roy Hodgson team, you know, it, yeah, it causes real problems at a football club. Yeah, I don't know if you boys know uh, how that feels. We try not well, to we, live in the past, don't we? Yeah, we, we, we know how it feels. We, we, we kicked on since then, and we'll be saying hello. <laughs> To you going down in May. Swings and roundabouts. Yeah, yeah. So we did get a couple of genuine questions as well as the abuse. Uh, we've got one from Max here, um, which says that um, has Harry stopped going after um, West Brom and Al- uh, West Brom and Villa rather uh, because he doesn't feel like he can with how badly Wolves are playing. Definitely not. I think with the West Brom example, and I love the fact he's partnered it with Villa as if they're in the same league position as Villa when you're not. West Brom, the problem is, you guys, there's nothing to really laugh about because you've been dead and buried since about November. Obviously, you beat us, but since then, you never kicked on. I thought potentially there could have been a bit more intrigue heading into the end of the season because you would have beaten us and then would have climbed and climbed and climbed. But in reality, you've been dead and buried. So there's not really a lot really to, to do because you've already gone down practically. If you were actually in a bit more of a relegation battle, I'd still be banging the drum a bit more now. But as, as of right now, we, we've got our own things to sort out. You guys are going down. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm moving on to next year. My shortlist is Birmingham or Walsall. So <laughs> you guys are gone now. I've done my job in like January. So to um, be fair, you, you got you got the nibble out of the actual official 
Albion Twitter account and Sam Johnston, didn't you? Yep, that, and then they did it again, didn't they, last month or a couple of months ago when I did that tweet. I mean, it's all, it's all well and good calling it a nibble, JB. We, we did get promoted. I think that was fully justified. And Harry took that very well from both, yeah, Villa, from both Villa fans and Albion. Um, yeah. I thought that, that, you know, it's all well and good saying, ah, you've bitten on that, you've bitten on that. But, you know, Harry did have egg on his face when we got over the line and Villa stayed up as well. And Harry, like I said, game. yeah, took that very week. well. Interesting. Yeah, I, week, I bet like it I was. I bet there was a, a strange feeling. I um, write a book on it one day. Who knows? Yeah, well, I'd, re- I'd read that, <laughs> mate. I'd read that. Um, and then we we got one more question, which was more for the pod than it was Harry in particular. But we'll get obviously Harry will get you involved. The question is: How many players from the um, from your black country rival would improve your starting eleven? Now, I want to caveat this with: It's not. Pound for pound, who's the best player? The question was, who improves your starting eleven? Um, and I would like to say that Raúl Jiménez is not in your starting eleven um, for this no, conversation. No. What, firstly, yeah. because he get he improves nearly every team in the league. Secondly, uh, he's not played in so long. Um, I don't think Sam Johnston improves your team. I think Sam Johnston's having a much better season than Rui Patricio, but I don't think he improves your team. I don't know. I mean, I presume you'd both stick with Rui, despite his sort of... 100%. Yeah. Yeah, 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 no question, yeah. yeah. 100%. Um, at the back, Connor Cody does not improve West Bromwich Albion. Not at all. Connor Cody does not make us any better. You put him in that team, he doesn't solve any of our problems. And I, I've got no... I make no bones about saying that. Willie Bolly yeah. absolutely improves us. Um, I would definitely say Willy Bolly, uh, Samedo and Johnny as well. So if I was picking a combined back four, it would be those three. And then I'd go Shemi Ajayi. I think Shemi Ajayi is a, a fantastic centre-back who would improve Wolves. I think he's better than Conor Cody. Uh, I don't know what you guys think. Uh, are we just are we, are we working our way the same way we're going to sort of keep it through the back four, yeah? Yeah, it was better to, but to back, 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 Yeah, um, I, I agree completely with you. The, the only lad I'd take from Arby in the back would take Ajayi. I like him. Yeah. I like him. Yeah. No, he got he got goals. Good point, Harry. Yeah, he got goals for Rotherham. Uh, he got goals last season for us. He's got goals this season. Um, and it's yeah. something that Wolves have kind of lacked. Um, obviously, Connor yeah. Cody offers a lot with his distribution in a back three. If Wolves want to be back four, I don't think Cody will be there much longer. Um, I'm not mad on Roman Saiz either. Um, but I think. Roman Saiz would improve Albion's back four if we were going yeah. off that, um, because he's better than Bartley. Um, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it. I wouldn't have him in the starting eleven, Kim. But I, I do like that, that Connor Townsend. I do like him. Um, yeah, I mean I Johnny, like, Johnny's, I like him. Johnny's Johnny's different class from him, but absolutely. But I, I would be going I, I Connor to Townsend. Mention, yeah, I just want to mention him to think. Either Marcel yeah. or Eight Nuri, uh, Connor Marcel, Townsend. Marcel, he's made a popper Domsey, as you won't want him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'll give, he'll give Bis- your physio biscuit, a bit of a, a work. But, biscuit yeah. and calls, you need Marcel. Yeah. Yeah. Connor Townsend yeah. created more Premier League chances from open play than any Albion player since 2014 at the weekend. Crazy yeah. stat, that is. Um, yeah. When you consider the likes of Chris Brunt, um, Zoltan yeah. Gear, well, Gear was moved on by then, but um, you know James Morrison, all the players we've had in midfield as well, and he's created more chances than any of them in a in a ninety minute game uh, from open play. That is uh, moving into the midfield. Um, I think okay, your Kushlu gets in any combined eleven, and Ruben Neves gets in any combined eleven. Um, other than that, it's a bit of a free for all. I don't know if you think your Kushlu improves your eleven at all, maybe over the Donker. I, I, I have, listen, listen, well you, 
No, mm. I mean, I think Den Dong's had a bit of a raw deal, to be honest with you. I think yeah. the fact that he's, he's, he's ended up, every time Bolly's got injured, he's ended up having to sit in, in, on the right. On the right. No, no, not at all. He, he's well, he's a midfielder. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he starts a Belgium in, in, in midfield. You know, he's, he's a centre mm. midfielder by trade. And, and, and that's no mean feat starting for Belgium no, um, as a centre midfielder. Does he start um, for Belgium? Well, he... he, he, he Oh, yeah, as far Martin as I'm aware. Martinez hates him quite a lot, I think. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, that's yeah, that's yeah. actually news he definitely to me. does. Um, listen, Den Donk is a good player. He, he, he was so important as that as that cog in our midfield three in the last couple of seasons. Really, yeah. really important. Like I said, he ended up just coming in a bit like Saiz. did have Saiz came to the midfield and ended up dropping back. Den Donk ended up being a bit of a covering centre-back. Yeah. I've been impressed with your Kushlu. I've liked the look of him. Mm. Um, I, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say... He warrants going okay. in straight away to start eleven. I think he's good. I'm no, no, he's improved and he's, he's improved you point, tenfold, yeah. tenfold kind of thing. But um, I mean, but I don't if we, if we just go back I, to the question though, JB. The question yeah. was who improves your starting eleven? Now, would I? Who's a better footballer, Moutinho or Yakushlu? Moutinho would. Yeah. Would Yakushlu improve your starting eleven? Yes, because he would do the role that currently Moutinho and Neves have to do together in that double pivot. Whereas Yakushlu does it on his own, and he would liberate other players. I mean, it's like, again. Yeah. I'll, I'll I, mean, I mean, I mean, but it, Jean Moutinho is a the... better footballer than. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, I would say if we're based on a back four, then a midfield two yeah. or three, I'd have I'd, yeah. I'd have Den Donker in there. We'll go midfield three, as a mid, yeah. as a midfield as a midfielder. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd for have, me, for me, Neves and Moutinho both improve our midfield three. I would yeah, go Yakushlu. Sure. Obviously, yeah, I'd go I'd go Yakushlu, Moutinho, Neves over uh, Yakushlu, Maitland, Niles, Gallagher, um, who have balls of energy, by the way, really, really lively. The front three is really, really interesting because Pedro Neto nailed on. He improved. That's obvious. Yeah, That's obvious. He's, he's, he's a star boy. Um, mm-hmm. And Adama Traore does not improve our starting eleven um, when when he goes up against Pereira. If it's Pereira or Traore, mm-hmm. I go I go Pereira because of how creative he is. Um, Traore has shown this season that he has not been as creative in the past. Last season, Traore, 100%. He walks into the team and improves it. This season, I'm not sure. And I think I've been very fair here um, saying there's a lot of Wolves players. Nearly the whole squad improves our starting eleven. But I'm not having Traore is a better footballer than Mateus Pereira. Um, again, I'll get pelters for that. No, 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 not a footballer. No, not a footballer. No, no. Obviously, listen, there's no player like Traore to really got the ball at his feet yeah. and the speed and the strength. He's, not. A, he's a wild card. He's yeah. a wild card, but like in terms of football, and no, you, you, no. Well, I mean, that's an interesting absolutely. angle. Does he improve the starting eleven just through the fact that he's a wild card? It's, it's always an outlet. Listen, he is. I love watching him play, but yeah. but he's, some of his decision making and the fact that sometimes you don't know what he's going to do. Yeah. You know, exp- <laughs> his decision making ex- lets him down. I think. I think yeah. like with management as well. If he's managed, if he has a purple patch. I think he, he's absolutely unstoppable. So, I mean, just ask Pep last season. I mean, he was the guy who got us the, the double over them. Yeah. I just think sometimes consistency is such a big problem for Dharma. And sometimes what makes a good player, consistency. And I think with well, the Dharma, same with Pereira, actually. Pereira's Valley. struggled for consistency this season. Um, I mean, it's a really interesting one there because you've got two absolute opposite ends of the spectrum one is a creative number 10 really who's been playing in the league. yeah um, and yeah. one is an out and out winger a um, very very yeah. interesting conversation and i think maybe yeah. um or should i say by um we're moving to a really interesting po- 
part of the pitch now with no Jimenez in the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. William Jose does not improve our start in 11. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> garbage. <laughs> William Jose. I think it's harsh but, but, of him because he's only been he's only played like four or five games and sometimes it just so takes Diania, a little bit of time to looks, click. Diania looks so lively. Diania, yeah, I mean, I'm, he, I'm not going to put finish, my hat on, right. on the peg and say that he's going to be completely garbage yet because I don't know yet because he might yeah. have that one game like some players do where they just have that on, on, on day because I remember like there's certain players that, time and time again who have shaky starts and then it just takes that one opportunity. And then there's, they start to warm up and click with the, the formation. Like I say, yeah. I could be proved, you could be proved right and he could be absolute rubbish and we could be laughing about him in two years' time. Remember when we signed him? But I don't know, yeah. he, he did well. His stats against for Sociedad, especially against Barcelona, I think he scored five and five against Barca. Now, like yeah. considering some of the strikers we've had, they haven't done that. I'm not too sure yet what to make of him. I just think he needs a little bit more time to click. He's coming to a squad that's, let's say, definitely not of the same impetus as the last couple of years. We're on a bit of a downturn. We're not creating enough. So I think he's come at a difficult time, especially when you, you didn't go into the season planning on buying a William Jose type player because we had no. him in Raul Jimenez. So he kind of has been drafted in because we have an 18-year-old up front who's clearly not ready yet. So I, it's been I, difficult for him. Yeah, I take the point. It's a very difficult place to go, very difficult place to be parachuted yeah. in and expect to be the number nine. Is it a more difficult place than the Hawthorns? Don't I think don't so. Know. I don't think I don't it's know. any. I think it's. Diagne actually has a more difficult job on his hands. All I'm saying is, in three time, you might be saying something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, but really we're, doing this, yeah. we're doing That's this. We're doing this podcast now. Too early to tell. And Diagne yeah. has got a goal, a couple of assists, and looks very, very bright. He causes a lot of problems. Uh, William Jose has done none of those things. He looks a little bit anonymous. Uh, he might yeah. go on to be a great player for Wolves, as you say, Harry. It's but on, on this day, does William does William Jose improve our starting eleven? No. Does Diania improve your starting eleven? I don't know. I don't. I don't that's know. A, that's I, a I, different I have, question. I, I, I have Fabio Silva over both of them. Yeah, I think in time. I have I think Fabio Silva over both yeah, of them. I, 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 I like Diania. I'm not writing down. Look, I think he's been yeah. been really lively. You yeah. know, I think he's been really lively. He has made more of an impact for Albion than. William Jose has at Wolves up and they came yeah. at the same time and he hasn't and and, and I, I, I like him but I've got to you know stick, stick no, my, uh, my hat on the peg kind of yeah. thing and I, I think we're Fabio never going to agree on this like, I no mean, of course not of course for me Fabio Silva is, every time he's come on he's been brilliant he, he, he works the line really well he's a very clever intelligent player mm. Um, I really like him and I'd like to see him get a more consistent run of games and yeah. so you've got, you got to take a, a really, really harsh gig to be a Wolves striker if you're not Raul Jimenez. Over the last two yeah. to three years, you look at Catrone, he was shipped off. Who would have known what could have made of that? Rafa Mir was Rafa looking Mir really promising well, elsewhere. Yeah. He's you never seen what Rafa Mir is doing in the league at the moment. You've seen what yeah, exactly. Rafa, it's absolutely it's such a tough tearing gig. it up. Do you yeah. have to look at the manager for that? Because it almost seems like he's he's got the Jimenez role bang on, but no one else can infiltrate that role and, and do well. I don't. I, I reckon there's a lot of strikers who are firing for other clubs who could come into Wolves as a striker and not do very well because I think number one, we've been off 45 minutes, so you're not going to score a goal unless it's the second half. And number two, it feels like because Jimenez was such a talismanic figure, I feel like the, the squad role and because of Nuno's slight tactical stubbornness, it's very difficult for another striker to come in and create a role with any real role of influence that isn't like Jimenez's. It's difficult yeah. for strikers at Wolves. Really tough. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And like I say, it's difficult for Albion as well uh, with Diagne, but I do think he's done enough um, for me. I wouldn't take um, William Jose over him and I wouldn't take Fabio Silva, especially given, that's the fair enough. We, especially given the fact we do need someone who's going to make a difference now in a relegation yeah, yeah, that's fight. Fair. Uh, but in the future, Fabio Silva, I'm sure, will, will, will really <laughs> yeah. come good. Let's, so just to read let's, let's be honest, it's, it's not, they're not the best of the options to choose from. <laughs> 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 
it's rough. It's reduced to clear. Yeah, it's it's true, yeah. market. There's like three items left on the reduced. You've got to take yeah. one. I mean, to be honest, I might be tempted no, to play Traore as the number nine. Or yeah, another, got nothing yeah. to lose, have you, with that selection? How Robson Cardo? Sorry, yeah. I couldn't even keep a straight face. No, no. It was Euro 2016, hundred percent. That was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'll be off the back of. Um, uh, no, so just to recap, for me, it's almost everyone for Wolves improves Albion starting eleven. So Patricio, um, Samedo, um, Bolly, Johnny. Yeah. I'd have a J at the back, and then I'd go yeah. Neves and Moutinho improve our starting eleven, and Neto improves our starting eleven as well. So. Three, I have got to say as well. I mean, I, I know we haven't sort of nailed the loan, but I, I, I do like that. I know we'll go back to chat, but I do like that Gallagher as well. Yes, I, think. I was about yes, to say yeah, that. I'll, I'll be honest, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you, Kieran. If we had, a, if if to say Gallagher was yours, just say you owned him, yeah, 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 and you went down and just say Albion offered Gallagher or Pereira to us, and we could take one, I'd, I'd have Gallagher all day. That's so interesting. I, re- I, re- I really like him. I do. He's, he's, I, re- I think he is. I, I do. I, I like him. Isn't he? he, he had has, a really good finish. Yeah. It was against Chelsea. He scored that lovely goal. It was. It was early uh, on in the season. He had won. that really composed finish. He's got a couple. Yeah, he scored against Sheffield United, That's and the then he scored shortly after that. It might have been against. I just Spurs. like his energy. I like. I like. I like. I like his energy and the fact that he's always buzzing yeah. around the pitch and, and the fact that you know that if you're in the 89th minute, he's still gonna be busting a gut sort yeah. of thing. He's a lot better than Maitland Niles, by the way. Yeah, who gets all the hype. From the Arsenal fans, Connor Gallagher's signed him in the summer. Yeah, yeah. Connor Gallagher's considerably better than Maitland Niles. Yeah, just wanted, just wanted to put that out there because I do, I do like Gallagher. Yeah, no, it's an interesting player. player. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a great question. I could sit and yeah, talk about good. that till the cows come home. Very good question. Yeah, yeah. So that probably just about does us really. Uh, Harry, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we've taken so much of your time. Um, that our previews are probably going to be out of date by the time this is out. No, um, the games have probably kicked off by now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by the time we hang up. Absolutely. Harry, thanks for A, clearing yeah, thanks, a Harry. Bit and B, your input. Yeah. Fantastic, fantastic podcast. Top, top man. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, and problem, JB, problem thank you as ever to you, mate. Um, brilliant. No problem. Lovely to get your input on all things Wolves and Albion. Um, and thank you for listening, guys. Um, hopefully you have enjoyed this. Hopefully you've enjoyed the guest format. And next week we have another special guest of an Albion persuasion. You know, don't, don't say we're not balanced. Uh, thank you very much, guys. <laughs>